0: From the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. So hey,
1: hey so you passed the sound test. So we're gonna do the we're gonna do the episode. Go clap! <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> <laughs> so We're going to start here in just a second, and um, we'll go for about 45 minutes, and then we'll call it a day, okay? Sounds good. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) It's like goofy Seals. (laughs) Go ahead. It's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. I'm Michelle. And this is Mark Grimes. And today we're going to be talking with...
0: A really cool guy! Awesome. A really cool guy. So um, today, our, our interview today is with uh, the, the founder of Tiny Revolution. Um, he built a tiny house about like a thousand years ago. He is a minister. He has written several e-books. He uh, helped me. Uh, we we co-emceed at the at the Tiny House Jamboree. I considered him to be the other half of my tiny house soul. Please join me in welcoming Andrew Odom.
1: Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? How's
0: it going? <laughs> Do you need more coffee? That's,
2: that's it. That's my that's my whole intro for me. <laughs> Sorry, i have a, a big hurrah. <laughs>
0: They wanted. I, I they seen wanted, seen, me to, they done, wanted me to. They wanted me to
2: write see, a bio. Let my cheering staff go. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Good.
0: They wanted me to write a write an intro or write a bio, and, and I didn't do my to do list. So so uh, I got to introduce you this morning. So where are you sitting this morning? Where are you? Where are you parked?
2: Uh, right now, I am in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana.
0: How long have you been there?
2: Uh, We've only been here for about two days, and we're headed out this afternoon, right after this interview, actually.
1: Oh. Why are you in Lake Charles?
2: Uh, Because all the other lakes were drained and closed. (laughs) 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 Uh, Uh, We're in Lake Charles because we have some friends that run uh, a Salvation Army uh, base here, and so we came to visit them.
0: So we want to go back a little bit. Um, your story started many, many years ago. What year? What year did you build your tiny house? And, and how did you get started? And how did you decide that a tiny house originally was for you? We'll, we'll get to your your story now, but let's go back a little bit. How did you get started? Uh, how did
2: I get started with with building a tiny house, or how did I get started with? The tiny house movement in general. Yes, Yes. (laughs) the the hero's journey
1: (laughs) origins. Origins.
2: Well, I got started building a tiny house by actually just picking up a nail out of a out of a paper sack, and I put it to a piece of wood and just started hammering away. Um, That was the actual technical way that I started building. (laughs) Um, Probably metaphorically speaking, though, or, or rather poetically speaking. I got involved with the tiny house movement as part of an effort to (laughs) uh, You know, there's a a lot of people that really wax poetic about how they started. Truth is, my wife and I got married. Uh, In that good, my wife and I got married. I'm glad that my wife and I got married. Um, Otherwise, that sentence would make no sense at all. <laughs> uh, so my wife and I got married, and uh, I was working a dead-end job making $10 an hour. Of course, this was this was before the uh, the uh, uh, waiters and waitresses out Y'all's Way decided to lobby for $15 an hour. So oh, yeah. I was working yeah. a dead-end job making making $10 an hour. Um and she was uh, not working at the time except for seasonally at a local junior college. And so together we were making um, just under the poverty line. And uh, we we both grew up in a, a southern environment, a very traditional southern household. And so kind of following the American dream ethos, we were at that stage in our relationship where the next step was to buy a starter house and go ahead and get the... Uh, the white ticket fence and start having some babies and get us a dog and buy a pontoon boat and all that sort of stuff. uh, (laughs) We just knew it wasn't going to happen for us. And uh, we had met on the the mission field anyway, so the early part of our life together, we were living out of about 4,000 cubic inches in backpacks. So we didn't really have anything to begin with. Um, So the size space we lived in really didn't mean a lot to us, rather the quality of what we lived in meant a lot to us. We knew that we wanted to be somewhat mobile, um, so of course we uh, started, well, quite frankly, uh, we were also a little scared off by the mortgage pool at the time. Now, this was just after uh, the uh, great real estate crash of 07, if you want. Um, and uh, so we uh, found we found a little house in town that we liked, and uh, it was about uh, a... 19, well, it was pre-World War II, little deal, little bungalow-type thing, complete with the siding mm. and everything. It was a real clappy number. Nice. Um, <laughs>
0: it,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but nothing was formal level at all slanty. It was like the old lady in the shoes was there or something. <laughs> um, but it was cute. It, it had potential, and it, and it seemed like it was priced right at about eighty nine or 90000 something like that. So we went through the appropriate steps. We went to uh, a lending agent, to a more, kind of a mortgage facilitator, and we talked to them about what our options were and what we had to put on the table, which, you know, literally was nothing. I mean, we were looking for a zero down, zero interest, a whole lot of money for the women. <laughs> um, <and>, uh, <laughs> so
0: pipe dream, basically.
2: <laughs> Yeah, so basically, she told us that we could swap somewhere if that's what we were looking for. But um, <laughs> so we decided to do things a little more legally, and so we went through the process, and the number they came back with was astronomical. They came back and said that we had been pre approved for uh, $179,000, which, um, of course, kind of the, the machismo in me was like, yeah, yeah. Daddy's going to provide. Kind of what happened was uh, about two days later, in my life goes to me, Bad news. And I said, well, of course, certainly with the good news host. And she said, well, the good news is we can get the house. And I was like, oh, yeah, I hope it will work out. And uh, she said, bad news is we won't have electricity or water or be able to keep a car or put gas in the car or have food on the table or do <laughs> anything else that keeps us from truly being so bad in people. Right. And know, um, <laughs> that option really was not that attractive. Um, And so we were kind of repulsed by the idea that they would even offer us this sort of, this sort of mortgage. Um, and it ended up being, you know, a 30 year traditional mortgage, but by the time we paid our 60 years on it, we would have paid something in the, in the neighborhood of like $230,000 for this $89,000 house. So it was, it was just, uh, it was miserable. So we were looking online and just thinking, okay, you know, let's look at unconventional houses. We're an unconventional couple. Let's look around. So we looked at everything. T-shirts, <laughs> RVs, houseboats, igloo, igloos, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you name it, we looked at it. And, and mind you, you know, this was, this was 2008, so <laughs> we were just past the stage of having to connect through America online. I mean, it wasn't like the Internet was... Was filled with all these wonderful resources on tiny houses and, and unconventional houses. Right. Um, in fact, when, when we started looking, there was two websites. There was Evan and Gabby, who, um, to, <laughs> to give you a frame of reference, they haven't made any blogs since 2011. <laughs> so, um, their their website, and then there was this kind of fledgling little site, uh, company Tiny Houses. And um, then not too long after that, we discovered Tiny House Blog, which, you know, is, is very comical in itself because, of course, everyone knows I'm affiliated with Tiny House Blog now. <laughs> and oh, blog I forgot so,
0: I forgot to tell everybody you're also the editor of Tiny House Magazine. Sorry, I missed that in the intro. I am. I'm the, I'm the managing
2: editor. I'm not the the editor-in-chief. It's, it's Kent's baby. It's his brainchild. um, I just, uh, I come alongside him and, and try and clean up a few things and and uh, get the new content in there, so uh, he's been very gracious in allowing me to help out with that, so um, I am the managing editor of that magazine, um, but uh, so those were really our only resources, we didn't have a lot to look at, not a lot of eye candy like people do now, and so we came across Tumbleweed and we saw this, uh you know, this little house on a trailer, and we thought, well, that's interesting, you know, it's a little bit classier than an RV, but at the same time, it's got this charm about it, it looks well-made, it's got all the features of a house, you know, let's look at it, and so literally, about three or four days later, we, we both came to, came back to it and then came to each other and said, you know what, I, I think I really want to move in that direction, I think it's kind of cool. Um, we were immediately repulsed by the design of Tumbleweed Tiny Houses. I mean, there's nothing about the cable roof that attracted <laughs> us at all. We wow. were like, gosh, I hate Caesar Point's siding. in that I don't like the, the little sleeping loft. I'm, you know, we're getting older, I'm getting fatter. I don't feel like walking <laughs> those bladders every night. Not to mention, I have a bladder literally the size of, like, a, a garbanzo. Bean. <laughs> so, um, you know, that wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> uh, it just—it was not ideal in a lot of ways. Yet it was very ideal in a lot of others. And so, being kind of the pioneers that we are, we said, "You know what? Let's just build our own. Let's just wow. take a very simple kind of farmhouse design and throw it on the trailer." And uh, so that's how we—that's how the actual house itself got started. Definitely not the way Tiny Revolution got started. Um, that's a whole other story. But that's how our, our tiny house endeavor got.
0: So you're you're a marketing uh, you're a marketing guy. So you moved you built. How long did it take you to build the tiny house?
2: Oh, you know, it was a really quick build. It took like thirty four months. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about average. Uh, as a of yeah, well, head. you know, we we built we built it very differently from a lot of people. Today we built cash on the barrel, and so. Uh, there was a lot of weeks where we were lucky to put $5 together. So, yeah. you know, there were some weeks where we sat idle just looking at the house because we didn't have enough liquid assets to, to move forward. And that in itself was a saving grace as well as a frustrating point. I mean, it allowed us to learn a lot of lessons that I think we, we bring to the to the table when we uh, talk to people and when we do presentations and stuff that I think is often overlooked now in what some of the tiny house movements I think in a lot of ways, a lot of people have adapted that same sort of American Dream ethos where it's like, I want to have everything my parents have, and I don't want to have to wait for it. So how can I get financing to buy a signing up? Right. Um, Which I'm, I'm not totally for, I'm not totally against, but I'm not totally for um and so uh, we did it very differently. We took it very slow. We didn't know really what we were doing. There was there was not a lot of resources, like I said, for us to kind of copy off of. So we were just trial and error building a structure which we knew how to do and we just didn't know how to really fasten it onto a trailer. So um we used a lot of duct tape and some talk and luckily <laughs> it stayed on the trailer.
0: <laughs> well, uh speaking of copy, um for the for our podcast audience, um You were and are the most influential person, definitely, in the tiny house movement, um, as far as I'm concerned, for me anyways. Um, One of the things, you know, you inspired me. I'm building my house the same way. Um, If I've got cash, I'll go pound some nails and some boards and if I don't then I'll look for it elsewhere so you published a book um during that process or after that process where you had gone out and looked for sponsors for your tiny house and the book is called your message here and I bought it and inspired me and I just want to I know I got a chance to thank you recently but I want to thank you again for publishing your experiences and being so resourceful um what was is that? how thank a tiny, you. is that? It, is that the connection to Tiny House Revolution? In your tiny house, did that come about as a result of yeah, your well, seeking sponsors?
2: And, yeah, absolutely. And and let me let me take a second just to just to thank that guy that I, I found on uh, Fiverr that was willing to write that book and so <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he was he was out of Kazakhstan, so
1: it mean, yeah, was really good too. So he bought um, some tiny houses <laughs> with that
2: money. <fire. laughs> exactly. um, for for an extra for an extra ten dollar gig, he even did the cover art. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, really, it, that's a good plug. Hey, for those of you who don't know Fiverr.com, check it out because uh, you know. You can't. there's only so many tiny house designs out there before the well runs dry and, and there's some good artists out there that continue to put good stuff huh? we should be supporting artists who are willing to do it for five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'd like to give a shout out to this. I mean, sponsor, I don't I don't know. Uh, fra- I don't <laughs> think <accident> it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know, not so much <laughs> anymore. <Yeah>. five dollars <laughs> a gig. We should be supporting those guys. Um yeah, exactly. so really you know, my my professional backgrounds in, in advertising and marketing, um, I go all the way back to like bus stop signs. That's how old I am in this, this industry. Um, I can remember designing a billboard at one time. Um, so uh, when we started building, and we realized there were limited amount of resources, I just couldn't I couldn't contain myself. I was going to keep this little. I've been blogging Mindy since 2004. When I had to hard-code everything, uh, there was no blogging platform. Uh, I was hard-coding like a regular website. And um, so when we started building, I got this notion, you know, why don't we take all of our experience and let people know what we're doing? Because, I mean, all of our family thought we were nuts anyway. So I thought, well, let's have them read how nuts we are. (laughs) Um, And what ended up happening was, as I continued to write, it got more in-depth and it got more detailed, and it started really... Uh, encapsulating not just the physical aspect of the build, but the emotional aspect, and the spiritual aspect, and the academic aspect, and so we decided to launch something that would be a resource for people to come after us. And um, the whole name thing of Tiny Revolution—people ask me all the time, "How did you get that?" It's pretty clever, and and. Truth is, I, I really don't know. I, I think I don't. I, it was a late night. It involved Doritos and Dr Pepper, and that's all I remember. Um, it just, it just. The only thing I remember is thinking, "Oh, that's really kind of clever." It's like not just a revolution, but an evolution, and that's why I sell it the way I do. But um, I really don't know how we came up with that. We just did, and you know the the. The uh, logo we chose is not original at all. In fact, it's just the popple mode design from Tumbleweed, which um, I give credit to all the time. <laughs> I don't think that I, I tried to steal it. I didn't. It just happened to be one of the few things out there. Um, and, and I really never thought more than 15 people, whatever we our website. I, I had no idea. Um, so, Steve, if you're out there listening and you hear this... <laughs> Please don't sue me for using a poppy mother's name. I'm just a little guy, I promise. Um, so uh, that was how it all started. We just kept writing about it, and more people picked up on it, and it started becoming this resource, and uh, people started citing it and, and that sort of thing. And so the more that they responded, the more I wrote, and the more involved we got. And it just it took on a life of its own. And that's what led into the whole idea of getting corporate sponsors, I realized that there was a need. Corporations were trying to break into social media and trying to develop communities around their products, but they didn't know how. Mm. And so I had built up these tremendously sized communities, well, well, tremendously sized at the time, and I thought, well, you know, let's go to the bargaining table. You're looking for what I've got, and I'm looking for what you've got. Yours is a tax write-off, and mine is just a bunch of people who are willing to follow, so... Let's let's see what we can do. And uh, so I approached uh, I approached Ecofoil. That was the first company I went to, and, and they bought it. They thought it was a great idea. They loved the exposure. And once I got them on board, I just I just became a, as I say all the time in the many presentations. I became a shameless self promoter. I mean, any company that had something I could use in the house that, that Crystal and I had already decided was something we wanted in the build anyway. I just thought the worst they can do is say no, if I might as well ask them for it before I pay for it. And uh, much to my surprise, very few people said no. They just kept saying, oh, this is, this is great. We've been looking for something like this. So
0: How many companies just, did you talk to? Back. How many companies did you talk to? Uh,
2: well, we ended up talking. When all was said and done, we talked to about 29 companies, and we brought 17 on board. So <laughs>
1: we had about a about a
2: a thirty-five percent um, decline.
1: And so, what do you th- what do you think? Just to put this in context, what do you think the the possibility of a, a tiny house builder right now, like an individual person, being able to replicate what you did? Slim. Uh,
2: at the expense of my book sales, uh, <laughs> because. Um, because it's not a novel concept anymore right. so many of these companies have hired their own social media people they built up their own following they don't need what we have anymore right. our communities aren't a commodity any longer right. and uh, so because of that you've got to have something original to take to the table now if you are a builder and you're willing to go into exclusivity with a company i think you might have something but just to say hey i've got all these followers would you like for me to, you know, could we swing something? I don't think that's a legitimate possibility. Now, if you go with a very specific niche, like you say, hey, check out my YouTube channel. Check out the quality of films that I make. I would love to do promotional film work for you in exchange for it. Then I think you're on to something. But just to go carte blanche and say, hey, anything you've got, I'm willing to just talk about in this. I, I don't think that's necessarily a, a great option any
1: longer. Right, right.
2: But, hey, read about it. I mean, read historically about it. <laughs> purchase my book and, um, you know, read the history of it so you know what you're missing.
1: There'll be a link to that book in the show notes, so our listeners, go check it out. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I respectfully, I, I did yeah, all I, of the above. But, I, I mean, I was pretty successful. Um, I don't know if it's just because of my quirky personality mm. or... Or what? But I was I was fairly successful. I didn't have a thirty percent hit rate, of course. Mine was closer to ten, um, but I just kept going and, and until people said yes. So
2: yeah, and I think I think the 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 deal there, Michelle, is that we branched. We happened to bookend a particular time. I was so far ahead of that curve. That they weren't sure that they were going to see the return on investment that they needed to see, right? And you were you were following up at a time when they were seeing other companies have a positive uh, return on investment based on social media audiences. So you were able to bring that audience right to their front door with a minimal investment but
0: a huge return, right? So you, uh, so you, uh, so so having having said that, maybe you should buy Michelle's book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> will you uh, will you write my preface for me?
2: I will, I will. I'll 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 write it as long as you promise the link to my book. <laughs> <laughs> and by write it, I assume
1: you mean outsource that to <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Shameless, yeah. shameless, <laughs>
0: Well, I actually am, I'm gonna my my tiny house is gonna be featured actually in a coffee table book, so I've already got a publisher actually on the hook, so so uh, we'll see how we great. Can, That's yeah. great. My uh, my tiny house
2: is currently featured on someone else's land with someone else's <laughs> furnace in
1: it. So <laughs> Do you have someone else someone living it in looked, Do you have someone living in your tiny house right now? Yeah,
2: there? yeah we we sold ours. We sold ours um, last summer, so we could move on to another adventure and um, they they did a beautiful job with it. They finished it off in some ways that we had never dreamed of so it's, it's 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 really exciting to see your original design take on a new light and be able to serve another family
1: in a new capacity. It's a pretty exciting thing actually. awesome so what is what is your new adventure? Well, now we live on the road full-time. I mean, that's pretty
2: adventurous in itself. We bought a traditional RV, and um, I love starting arguments between tiny housers and RVs about who really is a tiny house and
1: who is not. Um, It's it's funny, Andrew. Because (laughs) the truth of the matter is, when you when you go said ahead. when you said you lived in an RV RV, Mark gave this frown frowny face.
0: little <laughs> <So> like <laughs> I
2: gave a smiley face, yeah, I have so many yeah. smart-ass responses. Uh, I just don't yeah. want to insult anybody and go all
1: cousin Eddie on them. <laughs> anyway,
2: yeah, well, it's a you know it's a it's a touchy subject because the two are so similar, but yet want to be so different, and they're just not. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Much of it has to do with the style. Uh, the style of living that you bring to the house, any house, any structure can be a tiny house, right. but it's not about that. It's about how you turn it into a home. That's important. Yeah. Oh. And um, you know, when we bought the when we bought the travel trailer, we actually gained forty square feet, which we, we didn't even have enough furniture for. I mean, we had to buy two books in order to fill it. So uh, you know, I love talking about. Obviously, anyone who's read some of my more recent writing, you see I write more about just unconventional housing in general, and um, lately I've been doing a lot of work. In fact, I've worked with, um, now I've got a couple of uh, college campuses that are interested in running it as an elective course, the, um, the history of small structures in, uh, in the American in the american dream ethos is what it's called <laughs> and um, basically it, it, it's, a, it's completely bunk made up curriculum um <laughs> tracing you know just the fact that human beings have been living on a false basis forever it's nothing new it's there's nothing new under the sun and whether we know it or not we've been pulling these ideas from different resources all along i mean you want to look at some of the most incredible tiny house storage, all you have to do is look into a yacht or look into a Viking boat or something like that. I mean, the ideas of storage are tremendous. Uh, you want to look at mobility, just look at um, look at anyone who has ever lived in a, in a, uh, a yurt. I mean, they're the, most, they're the most portable houses you could possibly find next to a canvas tent. Um, so all of these ideas have been done in some iteration before. And we don't even realize that we've adopted from them, but we have. And it's very interesting to see how we've taken kind of the best of the best and turned it into this idea of this
1: modern climate change movement. Beautiful. Well, well said. So, so um, you said you're, you're, you're living in this travel trailer and you're, tra- you're moving around full time. What are you doing
2: Um, mostly, um, I hang out in my boxer shorts and, uh, dump the black
1: tank as publicly as possible. (laughs) Wow. wow. Who's driving when you're doing all (laughs) that? (laughs) We
2: actually don't drive anywhere. We just, we just park at the local grocery store. (laughs) um, Really, it took us, it was such a, a labor intensive time building the tiny house that we basically did not go on vacation we didn't didn't take time to visit friends or family or anything like that and quite a few of our friends had kids along the way we had a kid along the way and so our idea was we just wanted we just wanted something economical our house was not economical to move it was 30 foot long um so we wanted something economical that we could go around and get re with um with friends and family that we hadn't spent time with in the past three or four years and so that was our whole intention
1: Wow, cool.
2: So you've got a full time And again, that you know, that that's one of those that's one of those points of contention. It harkens back to this whole idea of the modern tiny house movement is we chose to invest our lives at this point in relationship. And so we wanted to find what was going to be the easiest way for us to achieve that sense of renewed relationship. And for us that was a, a manufactured travel
1: trailer. Well it's funny because the the tiny house movement talks about how living in a smaller space allows you to have more of a of a lifestyle and and what what you're describing mm-hmm. what you're describing is that no actually in our experience the lifestyle actually took up all our time and we didn't have time to have a lifestyle because our lifestyle was building our house right
2: Look, you you can ask that lady sitting right next to you. Building a tiny house is no small endeavor. It is a time-intensive, mentally draining endeavor, and you are devoted. It is a mistress in your life for the time that you're building it. Absolutely. And unless you have build parties and have people come over to help, there are a lot of times where that house takes precedence over a lot of social activity.
1: Wow. I'd rather live in a travel trailer. That was supposed to be a joke.
2: Well, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's got its pluses and minuses. I mean, I don't, I don't think I would prefer one over the other in any capacity at all. Um, both have their upsides and their downsides. I mean, when, when now, we're the kind of, we chase the sun. I mean, we bought a travel trailer that has a polar package, but I don't intend on ever finding out if it
1: works. Just to be clear, is, you said polar, not solar right yeah polar p yeah. p as
2: in uh, peninsula yeah yeah i don't intend on ever finding out if that fourth season works or not <laughs> in the travel trailer i couldn't care less yeah. um but uh you know i do miss the the insulatory properties of our tiny house i miss the skylight that we had in our tiny house um i miss the hardwood floors that were not you know uh what are they? The the, uh, the, the wood grain stickers on, on top of some flooring. <laughs> I, I miss I miss those things, but at the same time, um, I like being able to still get eleven twelve miles to the gallon, even going uphill. Um, I like the fact that I was able to insure it online without having to write like a, a PhD dissertation about why it deserves to be you know, I I like those sort of things. I I, I do. I just I like them. Um, and so they each have their own role, and they they've proven their own role in in, in our lives for sure.
0: One of the things that I've I've I'm mean, sure if we, you know it's,
2: Go ahead. Go ahead, Michelle.
0: Okay. Oh, I was just going to say, one of the things I've struggled Tell with um, in building my tiny house really is the definition of home. And not necessarily for myself, but for my children. I mean, when we grew up and we wanted to go to Grandma's house, I mean, at least we knew where Grandma was. And we had a connection to mm-hmm. to her and her structure in that town or that area or that pony or whatever it was. And so one of the things I've struggled with right. in justifying my tiny house existence or a mobile existence has been the definition of home for my children. Have you how do you I mean mm-hmm. how do you have you have you worked your head around that yet?
1: Home is a pony. <laughs> I'm sorry. <Home> is a <laughs> I mean you know, home is
0: home.
2: one of the things that really helped with that is um, is that we paid good money to have my grandmother committed when she was like 46 years old. Um, and so we, all, we always knew where we were going to have to go to visit her. She, she couldn't get out. Um, so that really cemented a lot for us. And uh, no, I'm just joking. Um, if she was 40. Uh, it, <laughs> it's late. For us, you know, we're we're such a, and and I don't know how true this is, but because we are very deeply Southern, um, our family ties are extremely deep, and there's nothing that we wouldn't drop in an instant to be with family. Yeah. And that that means if they were in a different location, we would drop everything to travel to that location. Our sense of home is based in, in the people. It's based in the hugs that we give each other when we see each other. It's based in the tears we shed together. It's based in the pecan pies we eat together. I mean, that's our sense of home, whether it's in a a hospital room, or, you know, a double-wide, or, uh, you know, at a, we've had family reunions at airports, you know, in between two legs of a flight. Wow. Um, that's home, because it's about who we're with, and, and that's the kind of life we live. And so the transition, and that's how we've raised our daughter, you know, she. She gets a little anxious when she looks behind the truck and we're not pulling the camper. She wants to know, you know, where her house is because that's her sense of place. But she doesn't feel insecure because she's with us. And she knows that wherever we are, the family is together.
1: Wow. That's, that's awesome. That is awesome. Hard to beat that. Yeah,
2: I trademarked the whole thing. I, I,
0: I, I, I That's your next book, right? Yeah. Like it's a it's a
2: long it's, title. Yeah. yeah. It is. My next book. Home. It's just gonna be simply be called home. <laughs> home. Except I'm gonna spell it with an apostrophe, capital O apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, exactly. <laughs> so so the so getting back to tiny houses for a second, so I always wondered. You're talking about this travel trailer and the, the relative efficiency of moving around with it. Can you really move around? Could you chase the sun in a in a tiny home if it wasn't thirty feet long?
2: Oh, sure, sure. Crystal and I've often talked about when our daughter is much older and is out of the house. Although you know she's my baby girl, so as far as I'm concerned, I'm not letting her leave the house, especially not with a boy. Um, <laughs> that we would. <laughs> We would strongly consider building a 14- to 16-foot tiny house and traveling full-time with it um, based on what, what, you know, our design needs are, but um, I think when you get over 20 foot, you you get to a place where it's not economical, it's not efficient, and, and in some ways it can be a little dangerous as well because... That's when you start entering into the gawking mode where people on the interstate are paying less attention to the driving and more attention to Mm. what in the heck is this
1: thing pulling up next to Yeah. What what do you pull your, your travel trailer with? Uh, you go. We
2: have a you go. <laughs> no, we have a we have a Ford F two fifty. I okay. could, I mean, I could. It's got a long title because it's got a lot of features, but it's a Ford F two fifty.
1: I'd like to hear that long title. Uh, <laughs> well, it's a Ford F two fifty crew cab with a
2: two inch lift kit, rear differential, forward differential, drop pitch, substantiated braking
1: system. You what? are. That's, that's a down south. <laughs> I was just right gonna there, say man. you are from the south.
0: <laughs> this podcast <laughs> sponsored by Ford. Wow, cool. So what's next? Yeah, so you're
1: it's you're kind of a cow- It's
2: it's kind of a cowboy Cadillac, actually. I was gonna <laughs> say
1: yeah. So so Michelle was asking, what's next?
2: Uh, well, we we've, we've looked at a few houses. Um, we think, we think sometimes about maybe, maybe how much fun it would be to kind of live on the intracoastal for, for a while and just kind of, you know, pull in and out of some spaces. Um, but, um, we also, we miss, um, we, we miss our family deeply, our extended family. um. We miss them, and we miss interacting with them on a regular basis, church on Sunday and, and you know, dinners on Tuesdays and things like that. Um, so it may be that we we find some more land. We have a little bit of land in North Carolina now, but it may be that we find some some land and we go back to homesteading, which is how um, how our, our marriage started. Where, uh, we had gardens, and we raised some hogs, and we raised chickens, and we did a lot of canning and that sort of thing. So... It's it's very possible that we would go back to that, if for nothing more than giving our daughter the experience that we had growing up, that we think really shaped
1: who we are. Cool. Kind of hard hard to raise a hog on a houseboat.
2: Uh, it's not. It's 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 <laughs> if you can find one that runs fast, it's not hard for them to <laughs> really. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. The, only pro- the only problem is when it comes time to slaughter, they're just a little bit lean. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> all right. Sorry to all you vegetarians and vegans.
1: We <laughs> <you laughs> have to be sensitive to the minorities.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So do you have any advice for, for tiny housers or uh, the nomads out there? Any advice, any sacrifices you've made that you regret?
2: That I, well, the one thing I would say is, folks, pay off your debt first. Get out of debt before you decide that you want to go and live an unconventional life. Because it's not just about the house. There's a lot of a, lo, a lot of unconventional things that come with it that help that make the life so incredible. You know, there are people like me who work location independent, and you can't do that if you have you know thousands of dollars of You know, consumer debt over your head, and you have a mortgage, and you have a so that's my that's always my advice, especially to younger people. If you're not in debt, stay out of debt. If you're in debt, get yourself out of debt, and then start to realize your dreams because
1: they're not dreams anymore when they're stressful. Right on, brother. Yep. Yep. And on that
2: note. And on that happy note, we'll end this incredibly encouraging show. Avoid
1: financial
2: Armageddon. No, I, you know, I, I do want, I want, to, I want to end on an encouraging note. And, and I, I want to, assuming this is the end, I don't know, maybe this is just round two, I don't know. It but, can be the end. Um, I, do, I do want to say that, um, I, think that uh, I think that searching within yourself for what you want is an unconventional thing in and of itself. And I encourage people to pursue what makes them happy, not what their family expects of them or what their neighbors are doing or what their friends think is the right thing to do at that time of life. Pursue what makes you happy. And if that's living in a canvas tent somewhere, do it. If it's living in a 2,000-square-foot house, do it. Just don't make yourself a burden on anyone else or on yourself just to enjoy the whole process and enjoy what it is finding home for yourself. But don't be afraid to do it. Don't ever be afraid to step out there and do it. Because if you are life, you might as well not even be alive. If you live a life of fear, there's no reason to even breathe.
0: Aww. Uh, so this is now officially the last question, I think. Actually, uh, this is going to be the last question. Go for it. So what's the one question nobody has asked you, but you always wanted to answer?
1: jeez. Oh, and just and um, just give the answer. No, just give <laughs> <laughs> The answer is no. Um, okay. The The
2: answer, Alex, is no. I never have seen a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Is awesome. That, is,
0: okay, is that for real?
2: No. No one ever, you know, to to be completely serious about it, no one ever asked, me anything except for tiny house and, and lifestyle questions. No one ever stops and goes, do you eat donuts on a regular basis? Or, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Or, hey, do you wear, like, sneakers? Or are you one of those people that wear, like, those Tiva sports sandal things? No one <laughs> ever asks me normal questions. Like
1: that. Well, we already know you like Honey Nut Cheerios.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm just a... I'm just, I'll tell you this, if you looked at my desk at any given time and the way I kind of dress on a day-to-day basis, you would think that I was like an extra on Law & Order. I mean, I look like a washed-up New York detective.
1: (laughs) Wow. Well, on that note, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was fantastic. Yep, thank you.
2: Absolutely. I hope it's your most downloaded one to date. Woo! We'll one of our best.
0: Health. I think so. One no, of our best. Thank you so much. It will be with your help because your, your marketing yeah, well, prowess. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, make sure make sure when you uh, when you keyword it that you use both Andrew Odom and Drew Odom because I've noticed that in the searches both of them come up. So make sure you keyword both so that folks can find it. Okay, We'll
1: just fiber the heck out of this to promote it too. Exactly, <laughs> you'll be you'll be big in Bangladesh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: And if you could just every time you mention it, you could just hashtag it as Drew speaks.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> okay. Sounds good, man. Cool,
0: man. Right. Have a good one.
1: Take care.
0: Hey, thanks a lot. Y'all take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye bye. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. <laughs> please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or whatever. You tiny house loving bastard. Tiny house podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon.